Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Oh, it was dreadful. It happened right in here. I'd hidden because Olive Hornby was teasing me about my glasses. The door was locked and I was crying, and then I heard somebody come in. They said something funny. A different language, I think, it must have been. Anyway, what really got me was that it was a boy speaking. So I unlocked the door to tell him to go and use his own toilet. And then I died. Do you recognize this story? Do you know who might have said these words? Maybe if I was able to do a British accent, you would hear a resemblance to Shirley Henderson, the actor who played this character in a movie. You know who it is already, right? Moaning Myrtle from Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. As many of you might know, Moaning Myrtle was born Myrtle Elizabeth Warren and was sorted into Ravenclaw House before dying tragically young in the girls' bathroom at Hogwarts, when she made eye contact with Salazar Slytherin's basilisk after it was unleashed from the Chamber of Secrets. Myrtle is one of the most famous examples of a common phenomenon in the world of scary stories and urban legends, the bathroom ghost. But as I'm sure you've heard, ghosts and spirits can be pretty much anywhere. I'm Elise Parisian, and today we're going to explore a few different types of ghosts, what they signify, and why they may haunt specific places, even your bathroom. All this and more on this episode of Unspookable. Remember when we talked about Bloody Mary and some of the factors that make the bathroom mirror a mystical place to try and summon a ghost? Well, it turns out that there are other stories of bathroom ghosts, particularly in schools, that make this genre of spirit even more intriguing. In Japan, many school children know some version of the legend of Hanako-san. It is said that there are a few ways to tell if the ghost of the girl Hanako-san has taken up residence in your school bathroom. There might be a badly scrawled out-of-order sign on the door to one of the stalls that keeps reappearing even if it's taken down. You might hear someone talking to themselves in a stall, even if you can't see any feet below the door. Or you might see the lights turn off and on and hear sounds of doors slamming as you walk away from the empty bathroom. Many people say that Hanako-san specifically chooses the third stall in the girls' bathroom to inhabit, and that she always wears a red skirt or school uniform with her hair done in an old-fashioned style. Like with any spirit, there are many ways to summon her, but they all go something like this. If you believe she is there, you must go up to the bathroom stall, knock three times on the door, and say, Are you there, Hanako-san? If she is, she will whisper, Yes, I am here. And then what will happen? Well, the different ideas about what Hanako-san will do may relate to different versions of her origin story. Some say that Hanako-san is the ghost of a girl who was playing hide-and-seek in her school during World War II. She went into the third stall to hide, but was killed when her school was bombed. A frequent occurrence for children in many countries during World War II. 
and even for many children today. So to get revenge for her untimely death, she may hurt people that summon her. But some say that she died tragically after being bullied, so she'll actually protect students who are also bullied and decide to summon her. Some also say that, like Moaning Myrtle, Hanako-san may just live in the bathroom and not have any intentions at all, either good or bad. The character of Moaning Myrtle or the story of Hanako-san are more recent examples in a long line of stories told about the ghosts of young women and girls who inhabit the bathrooms where they tragically died. Why are the ghosts usually female? Well, it seems in many cultures, and definitely in the United States, people tend to associate girls and women with bathrooms more than boys or men. That sounds silly, but if you think about it, we sometimes just assume that people of a certain gender will spend more time in front of a mirror or chatting with their friends about their appearance. We even tend to stereotype girls and women as being more prone to crying. Think about if Moaning Myrtle had been a boy, then the story might have had a different significance. We don't often hear stories about boys running to the bathroom to cry, even though crying is a totally normal human response to emotion that should be okay for people of any gender. So, if you think about it, there may be a cultural reason that there are more female ghosts associated with bathrooms than male. In another Japanese bathroom ghost story, the ghost that haunts the school bathroom is known as Akamanto, roughly translated to red cloak or red cape. This ghost is not one of a specific person, but more of a mysterious figure, always dressed in red, who will appear in a stall next to a student and ask, red or blue? or sometimes red or white. And choosing either will lead to something terrible, like being dragged to the netherworld and never seen again. I think it's cool to mention that Japanese folklore contains lots of different examples of bathroom spirits or creatures, including some who live in the plumbing and resemble animals or monsters. In Japan, you can hear people refer to these and many more strange or supernatural creatures as yokai, from the characters yo, meaning attractive or bewitching, and kai, meaning mystery or wonder. Yokai can take many forms, live in many places, and are not necessarily good or bad. They're just part of the fabric of everyday life, even if you don't always see them. It's important to note that the cultural significance of the bathroom is still something that's meaningful, mostly for those of us who live in the so-called developed world. Developed in this case, meaning that people in certain places have more money and therefore are able to access things like running water and indoor plumbing, which changes expectations for living standards. Today, about 60% of the world's population, or 4.5 billion out of about 7.7 .7 billion people on Earth, do not have access to a flushing toilet. So for many people, the idea of having a bathroom space, such as the ones we're hearing about in these stories, is far-fetched. In many parts of the world, there may not be bathroom ghosts because bathrooms don't exist in the same way. Even for those of us that do have access to plumbing, a separate bathroom space is a more recent development. The Western world traces the origins of the flushing toilet to John Harrington, godson of Queen Elizabeth I, who first started working on it in 1596. The connecting sewage system that actually made private bathrooms possible in homes was developed by Scottish engineer Alexander Cummings in 1775. And then it wasn't until sanitary engineer and Englishman Thomas Crapper began to advocate for the sales of modern plumbing fixtures to the masses in the late 1800s that people in the Western world began including private bathrooms in their homes. And yes, 
I know what you're thinking, but his name really was Crapper. Before private bathrooms with running water, people used outhouses, public bathhouses, chamber pots, all sorts of things. Most school buildings in America wouldn't have had bathroom facilities until the late 1800s and well into the 1900s. Many people in the United States would have taken a bath at home by boiling water over a fireplace and sitting in a tin tub in their living rooms. So what does this have to do with bathroom ghosts? Well, the bathroom ghost, like the bathroom itself, may be a more modern invention, as many people in the developed world transitioned from doing their business in more public places to private bathrooms, the bathroom became a space that was somehow separate. A place where we might go to be alone, to look at our bodies, to do things we don't do in front of other people, or maybe even to cry. Think about Moaning Myrtle. She specifically says she went to the bathroom because she was being teased. And Hanako-san, who may protect kids who are in the bathroom hiding from bullies. Maybe the bathroom is the site of certain stories or legends because of what it means for us as people. Maybe it's because we as humans don't want to talk about what we do in the bathroom that those fears can manifest themselves into these ghosts. Examples of bathroom ghosts can be found all over the world. At a garment factory in Bangladesh in 2013, thousands of employees refused to work until the management got rid of a ghost who inhabited the bathrooms and made people ill. In 2011, some students at a boarding school in Vietnam began to move out of their dorms and into apartments because the school administration refused to take seriously their claim that the bathroom was haunted by evil spirits. It is said that a ghost haunts the women's bathroom on the 86th floor of the Empire State Building in New York City, and that at Hotel Galvets in Galveston, Texas, a ghost in the lobby restroom flushes toilets, turns on sinks, shakes stall doors, and casts ominous shadows. Of course, there could be many explanations for strange sounds. And many of us would probably say that it's germs and not ghosts that could get us sick after being in a public bathroom. I've been scared in a bathroom before at my old school. Um, I was with my friend Katie, and we were using the bathroom by the principal's office and a couple other classrooms, and it was a really horrible time because the classrooms were testing. But Katie was using the bathroom when I got out to wash my hands, and the the art cupboard that was in the bathroom storing, like, papers and paint just randomly opened and I screamed I told Katie and then she screamed and then the principal came running and asked us if something was wrong and then we got in big trouble we talked about bathroom ghosts as a particular kind of haunting but at its very core without the specific legends or people attached to them what is a ghost a ghost is the soul or some might say the essence of a dead person or animal that appears to the living. A ghost, sometimes known as an apparition, haunt, phantom, poltergeist, shade, specter, spirit, spook, or wraith, can appear in many forms, sometimes as a faintly shimmering cloud or the translucent outline of a figure or even something close to a realistic or lifelike vision. Many ghosts are associated with places that may have been significant to them in life, or places where they died. One common thing that you may have heard of, and one that we talked about before with Bloody Mary, Charlie Charlie, and earlier in this episode with Hanako-san, is the idea that ghosts or spirits only exist in the realm of the living because they have some unfinished business, or some sort of task, 
or maybe because they are summoned. There is the idea in a lot of ghost stories that if they could, ghosts would simply not be here among the living. They'd be, well, we don't know, but somewhere else. It is only because they are called, or because they have a question to answer or information to reveal, or maybe in more scary cases, a crime or wrongdoing to avenge, that ghosts appear to us or stick around at all. As we talked about in the last episode about Ouija boards, many people and cultures believe not only that ghosts exist, but that there may be ways to talk to them or be closer to them through rituals or celebrations. But are they real? At this point, there is no scientific proof that ghosts exist. Despite hundreds of years of investigation, no one has been able to definitively prove their existence. And yet, the stories persist. Any basic search on YouTube will turn up thousands of videos that supposedly show evidence of real ghosts. People have made entire careers out of reality TV-style ghost hunts in various haunted places. And many of us, maybe even you, have an example of a time where they thought that they might be in the presence of something otherworldly, even if it was hard to believe. No matter what science says, many of us still want to believe, or at the very least are still curious about the possible existence of ghosts. Like the bathroom ghosts we talked about earlier, many ghosts might exist because of specific fears or associations that humans have. In Irish folklore, a banshee is a type of spirit that is seen before the death of a family member or loved one. A banshee is usually described as a woman, with long hair and a long cloak, also a ragged-looking appearance. Banshee are said to wail, to screech, or keen to foretell of death. In many countries that practice Buddhism or Hinduism, there is a common spirit called a preta, or hungry ghost. A preta is a reincarnated spirit of a person who was greedy, jealous, or corrupt in a former life. These ghosts roam the earth with an insatiable hunger for a certain substance or object. Duppy means spirit or ghost to many people in Jamaica, and can often be a malevolent or evil being. The word may have come from Central African Bantu traditions, brought to North America with people who were enslaved during the centuries of the Atlantic slave trade. In some of these traditions, a person is believed to possess two souls, a good soul and an earthly soul. In death, the good soul goes to heaven to be judged by God, while the earthly spirit remains for three days with the buried body, where it may escape if proper precautions are not taken, and then appear as a duppy. So, what do all these ghosts tell us about our human fears? In some cases, it seems that ghost stories serve as warnings. The duppy warns us to take good care of the dead and give them proper burial, or risk having part of their soul turn evil. The preta warns us not to be greedy and to do the right thing in this life. Otherwise, we will be doomed to roam the earth as a ghost that can never get what it wants. And the banshee literally warns us of our own mortality. Anxieties that are common to lots of humans, no matter their background or culture, may result in ghost stories that are manifestations of these fears. Something that makes a place scary is loud noises or something moving when you're not in a room or something unexpected. I've never been scared that my school is haunted or anything, but I do get scared when I have tests like math tests or when I have to do the pull-up tests in gym because usually I only do six and fall on my butt. 
Although we try to avoid them when we can, fear and anxiety are normal parts of being human. And for those of us that are still in school, that can sometimes be a particularly challenging environment where fear and anxiety can come up. At school, we deal with the social pressure of friend groups, figuring out where we fit in, even dealing with conflict with those we don't get along with. We cope with the academic pressure of trying to succeed, having different expectations placed on us, the endless rounds of homework and tests, and being told that these things will determine who we will be when we grow up. It's no wonder that many students have seen ghosts or experienced supernatural activity in their schools, especially when experiencing heightened emotions. With the modern expansion of neuroscience, or the study of the human brain, scientists have tried to figure out what makes so many humans prone to seeing ghosts, or even simply having that creepy feeling on the back of your neck like you aren't alone. Are certain areas of our brain causing this phenomenon? Scientists have a few theories about what causes supernatural sightings, including atmospheric or geomagnetic activity, and altered sensations or states of consciousness induced by changes in brain chemistry triggered by stress, lack of oxygen or sleep, monotonous stimulation, or a buildup of hormones. In one study by Olaf Blanke and colleagues at the Laboratory of Cognitive Neuroscience in Switzerland, electrically stimulating a particular brain area produced in some people the sense of a ghostly presence. This region of the brain is called the temporoparietal junction and is involved in integrating body-related information from our senses and movements. When that region is overstimulated, that may cause us to disassociate a little bit from our own bodies to the point that we feel another presence the stress, or even the repetition, yeah, it's okay to admit that school is boring sometimes, could cause our brains to be primed for these experiences. Beyond the legend of Hanako-san, there are many schools that are haunted by the ghosts of former residents or students. The ghosts of a girl named Lucy and her love, General John Burgoyne, are said to haunt Sessions House, the name of the very dorm that I lived in when I studied at Smith College. The house was built in 1751, That's more than 20 years before the United States was even a country. Lucy was the daughter of a revolutionary lieutenant, and John Burgoyne was a British general who had been captured. It is said that Lucy and John fell in love, even though their love was forbidden. Now, their spirits wander the house and are said to meet each other at the secret staircase that is hidden in the building. One time, I was in the dining room drawing what I could see outside of the window, It was late at night and no one was around when the interior wood shutter slowly started moving until it closed all the way. It was really scary, and I ran to my room right away. Part of Seattle Central College is said to be haunted by the spirit of a young man who died falling down the steps. The ghost is said to manifest itself by doors opening by themselves, sounds of disembodied footsteps, phones dialed by unseen fingers or even coffee brewing without any human assistance. There is also a famous urban legend in many parts of the United States, where a driver stops to pick up a teenage girl in a formal dress, hitchhiking home. When the driver pulls up to her house, she has disappeared from the car without a trace. In many versions of the story, the driver will then find out that she was actually the ghost of a girl who died on the night of a school dance. Just last year around Halloween, Many people were absorbed by the story of a high school in Cork, Ireland, that had captured evidence of ghosts. A security camera recorded footage at night, 
that shows a darkened hallway where lockers rock back and forth, seemingly on their own. The doors open and papers fly out, and a caution wet floor sign moves across the hall all on its own. Tens of millions of people have watched this video on YouTube, presumably wishing for proof that school ghosts really exist. In our excitement to believe, it can be easy to ignore the clues that may debunk this so-called evidence. It has been pointed out since the footage was posted that photos inside the school show the security camera in a different location, suggesting that this video is captured from a camera set up specifically for that purpose. Many have also said that some editing is visible in the parts where the lockers open and close, if you know where to look. It should also be noted that this video was released last year just in time to promote a Halloween event at the school. We have all of these expectations, hopes, and worries about our time at school and the events surrounding it. We don't want to be outcasts or to be teased or bullied like Myrtle or Hanako-san. We don't want to be denied the chance to fulfill our potential and end up a ghost with unfinished business. Stories about school ghosts can be manifestations of these feelings and sometimes distractions from them, ways that we can share these anxieties out loud without naming them directly. School is hard, and that's okay. It's important to remember to take a breath, take a break, or even help out someone else who may be going through a hard time. Otherwise, your imagination may run away with you, and you may just meet a ghost in your school bathroom. Thanks for listening to Unspookable. I'm your host, Elise Parisian. This episode was written by Eleanor Riley Condit with myself and Nate Dufort. Produced and edited by Nate Dufort. Our theme song and additional music composed by Jesse Case. Our logo was created by Natalie Kewen. And special thanks this week to our guest, Blythe. Are you enjoying the show so far? Then make sure you subscribe to Unspookable on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. While you're there, we'd love if you could leave a rating and a review. Unspookable is part of the Soundsington Audio Network, committed to making quality programming for young audiences and the young at heart. For more information on our shows and the people behind them, go to www.soundsingtonmedia.com. 